0: And now here's your host, CEO and founder of the Best Ever You Network, Elizabeth Hamilton-Garino.
1: Hello, beautiful souls. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for being with us today. I have just um, pretty much a goal guest. <laughs> I love her. One of my idols, one of my favorite writers. Um, she's just absolutely I don't know, I always use the word cool. <laughs> you guys are used to me saying that my kids cringe when I say cool, and they're like, don't say that, Mom, but I'm saying it. She's just so beautiful inside and out, and her writing is beautiful, and um, even her Twitter feed is amazing, <laughs> and the book goes with it, but we have Gordana Biernat with us. How are you? All the way from Sweden.
2: Hi, Elizabeth. Thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm good, how are you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm really good
2: i'm i'm uh,
1: I'm mm-hmm. glad you're here and and all the good stuff mm-hmm. and um let me just tell everybody a little bit about you if you don't mind um, beautiful okay. thinker, writer, speaker. I love this wisdom keeper that's really accurate. She's one of oprah's super mm-hmm. soul one hundred teachers, which means. She's excuse me, goosebumps. She's a group of 100 awakened leaders who are using their voices and talent to elevate humanity. Boy, don't we need that? As a thinker, she shares her thoughts on Twitter um, at uh, oh gosh, I want to say at my um I just got your Twitter feed wrong. What's your Twitter account? My Power Talk, right? <laughs> I was yeah, going to go at, at That's my Power yeah, Talk, my, yeah. <laughs> at my Power Talk. Sorry about that. Um, yeah. and um we want to make sure we give everybody that link for sure. I don't have that with the show, but um I love how you help us think creatively and um, you, you put out such beautiful um, what we call conscious communication. You're a mentor. Um, I loved talking with you yesterday via zoom. Um, Got a little bit of dose of, of self-development myself from you, a little push in the right Uh direction, a little bit of a lot to think about. And um, there I'll be quiet. We'll breathe. (laughs) How are you?
2: No, I really enjoyed our talk yesterday because it it was a conscious conversation we had. And I love having conscious conversations with people because you can feel the energy rising when you have a conscious conversation. When both are present the way we were yesterday and connecting in that presence, it's so beautiful. So thank you so much for that conversation yesterday.
1: I, I thank you because you you were the one who suggested, you know, like a, a face-to-face in Zoom, mm-hmm. and it really taught me a lot um, because mm-hmm. I'm, I think a lot of people might be like me too, just a little bit nervous. Like I said yesterday, I'm like, there's no light, kit <laughs> It sends a little panic <laughs> into the universe. What do you think about Yeah,
2: that? but, yeah, but at the same time, I mean, how can you connect to a person that you can't? See. I mean, I, I love seeing people that I'm going to be interviewed by or have some kind of connection. And through social media, we write to each other, but we never connect on a visual basis. So for me, using Zoom or something similar like Skype or something to connect to a person visually is really, really important because it's almost like like being with them in real life, so to speak. So that's why I wanted to connect to you because yeah. there's so much information in how we move, how we express things. And I love that information. So I, I can't connect just through text or, or phone. I, I need something visual. It's always been like that with me. <laughs> yeah, well, it's I'm going to always
1: thank you for that moment from this point right. forward because it's pivotal, and uh, I I so appreciated it, and I got to got to know you on a on a totally different level than I would have if I if I hadn't listened and and hadn't taken the time and really hadn't gotten over the fear of doing that. I'm like I'm afraid. What, I told my what, husband, what, like, what's there to be afraid of?
2: <laughs> yes, exactly. What's the fear? I mean, you're an anchor. You shouldn't be afraid. But yes, yeah. you have this fear. So can you tell me, what is the fear? Why did you fear it?
1: You know, I think a lot of us are, uh, for me, I I mm-hmm. kind of am starting to feel, I'll be honest, I'm starting to feel older. Um, oh. I uh, definitely, you know, I, I feel that way a little bit. And I, I am an mm-hmm. old news anchor, so I'm very used to things being proper when it comes to video. And so it's like a training I had. And it's yeah. it throws the training upside down and says, okay, you know, yeah. do what you're gonna do and yeah. and don't have all this pro equipment behind you and stuff like that unless you wanna yeah. unless you wanna go that way too, <laughs> but yeah, mm-hmm. no, it, but you realize that on the other end is
2: yeah. you know beautiful soul who accepts you for who you are, and I love that. Yeah, but maybe that's the fear. For yeah, but that's the thing, you know, when we meet. I mean, I don't have light with me when I go to meet people. They see me in different kinds of lights. So what's the difference (laughs) if you're sitting... on zoom or skype you can just be who you are on zoom or skype exactly the way you are and talk to people and connect to them it's the closest you can come to real life meetings so why not yeah. i mean you don't need all the props you don't need everything you can you can use the the lightning that are, is at home and it's okay it, it works. Yeah. it worked for uh, us <laughs> yeah i'm laughing because i'm
1: thinking of of, of my my uh, walking around in real life okay here i'm to the grocery store with my light kit
2: <laughs> and my brother's <laughs> exactly,
1: shop. Exactly, <laughs> exactly.
2: But I Good feel point. like this is what insta Yeah, but I feel like this is what Instagram and other social media does to us. We think that we must look perfect all the time and we we really don't. We actually have to look like ourselves all the time and be comfortable with it and just allow people to meet us through Zoom or or Skype or whatever we're using the way we are. And I think that is important because seeing each other is important. It it Mm -hmm. is important. You get, you get a feel of the other person. You can feel the energy. You can see when they're laughing or smiling or being anxious or whatever it is. There are so many visual cues in a person. So I I really need that when I talk to someone to have a conscious conversation with them. So that's Mm -hmm. why I
1: suggested it. Well, my favorite part of yesterday, aside from,
2: from meeting you, was
1: um, the moment where you held up your book and you yeah. could see how proud you are of that book. I yes, thought that was I a am. great moment. <laughs> <laughs> know the truth. Yes, yeah,
2: I am. Yes, I am. I am proud of my book. It's called Know the Truth, Why Knowing Who You Are Changes Everything. And I am proud of it because it is an experience extension of who I am. It is a real extension of who I am. And when I'm gone from the surface of the earth, this book is going to be here for others to tap into my thoughts. And I'm proud of that. I feel I feel joy when I think that thought because whatever I do in this life, I've, I've left something behind for others to tap into and to find their true self. So I feel like I've done something really what I wanted to do when I wrote the book and and that's why I feel so proud of it or I feel joy when I look at it and I feel joy when I hold it in my hand and when I read it. So that's, that is the truth. I do feel joy.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm so proud of the book. It's, it's a, it's a beautiful book and it, I want to send people to your Twitter and to the book because they, they match in, in, in in spots really it's really based on your your writings and so forth and yesterday um we talked about me like maybe picking a number and Uh you you reading I've read the book I've read the book a couple times actually so Uh I felt like I feel like I have insight into the Uh number I want to pick but so I abandoned that thought and had my kids pick a number and um so they picked yeah. yeah, I'm like, okay, I know too much. So you guys, they hadn't read it. Um, and yeah. although one of them saw it and is now going to read it. He took it. Um, but 14 is the number. Do
2: you 14. mind? Let me read 14. you. Yes. No, of course. I'll read truth thought number 14. And it goes like this. Now is your point of power. It is where you are. Now is forever. It is always now. Mm -hmm. that's the true thought number 14 so this thought is it's all about connecting to your power in the now moment understanding that there is no past there is no future unless you think of it so you are at the center of all of this and your power is always now so anything you need to change you can only do it in this now moment there is so much potential in the now moment so that that is what the truth thought number fourteen is, but I think maybe we should talk about how uh, this book is uh, came to life and to be, yes. because uh, your listeners might not understand what a truth thought is. So maybe we I should think... talk about that, in, so that they will have some kind of um, um, understanding of what it is we're we're saying. Yes. I was I would so love afraid that. Yeah, I was so afraid to write this book, as I think a lot of writers understand. Um, They understand the fear. It's about being vulnerable and open up and show who you are. I come from the academic world. I'm actually an art historian. So I thought that I needed to write a book that would be validated by other people from the outside. And that stopped me from writing down my thoughts the way they just came to me. So it took me several years of fear dodging until I wrote this book. And it came to be in a very, very unusual way because it's like this, when you don't do what you need to do, the universe arranges it for you so that it will be done anyways. I started tweeting 2013. I started tweet, tweeting because my husband thought that I had great thoughts and I should put them out there for others to see. And that felt like a doable thing. So I started tweeting thoughts about who we are, why we are here, esoteric thoughts about reality and all the, the, the mystical stuff about our exi- existence here. And I did this for a couple of years. And then one day he came to me and he showed me a piece of paper. And it was half a page of written text. And I, I read it and I thought, this, these are my words and my thoughts, but I don't remember writing all of it. So I asked him, when did I write this? I don't remember writing this. <laughs> and he said, well, you, this, these are eight of your tweets. I put them together and this is what came out of it. And I thought that, oh my God, I tweeted those things with weeks apart. So how can, they, how can they be so well together? And it felt like I, I had written it in one breath. And that's the moment when I realized that the universe had tricked me into writing this book. I only wrote it through Twitter. I had already written it. It, it was out there in social media, in Twitter. I only didn't realize it. So all I had to do was assemble the thoughts, make some arrangements with it, and there was the book. Hmm. I kind of did the same thing
1: with mine with (laughs) blogging and so forth. And isn't that the best feeling Um, where it's like, oh, how? I You know, a lot of people sit down, and we've talked about being a writer yesterday, and a lot of people have this dream yeah. to be a writer. I would love to write a book, you know, and mm. um, people, people often say, how do you do that? And mm. the answer yeah, well, is,
2: <laughs> right? Yes, ex- <laughs> yes, exactly. The answer is there is no, there is no pattern. There mm. might be something that you need to learn about yourself when you write the book. For instance, I learned that I am not a writer who wakes up in the morning, sits down for five hours and writes, and then does (laughs) other things. I am a writer that writes when it feels right, and I write in short chunks. I do not write long things. I write in short chunks, and then I assemble this, and it comes out like an entire text. And trusting that process, that is what has taken me the longest time to learn, to trust myself in the way that I write, to understand that it's okay to not write today. Maybe I'll write more tomorrow, but it's okay. Not giving myself guilt for not doing it the way others do it. I feel like Twitter opened me up to my own thoughts because I know there is an audience out there and when i put out a thought i know that it's going to reach a lot of souls and that makes it that makes it authentic for me and that's mm. the way i write so honoring that not being afraid that it is that way and using it has been illuminating for me to get to know who i am as a writer i'm not the way others I don't write the same way as others do, maybe. I don't think anyone has exactly the same ways of writing. I think we all have our own specific ways of doing it. But trusting that process is key in this. Trusting that it will be done, even if you don't know exactly how it will be done, it will be done if your goal is to write a book. And I did carry this book for a long time in my heart. I actually could, sometimes I could visualize it. I could almost Mm -hmm. feel it how heavy it was in my hand and i could flip the fake pages but i couldn't read the pages and oh I, yeah i could isn't I, that yeah and i started <laughs> yeah i started reading the pages when i realized that it was all out there already in social media i had it all written i just didn't assemble it into a book that was what it was so that's why there are th- truth thoughts in this book numbered truth thoughts and then there is explanatory text in them that, that I assembled later on. Mm-hmm.
1: Aren't we grateful mm. to Hay House? I, I always say a little, a little loving <laughs> loving mm. thing every day to Hay House in one way or another um, to just mm. recognize the fact um, that they took us under their wings and published our book. Mm. And like you said you mm. always have that book and it's a moment and it's it's a it's it's a really interest interesting process I thought anyway agree or disagree with me to go through the process with a publisher of producing a book. Mm. It was eye
2: opening. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it was. It was. I mean, I I am grateful for it because um otherwise this book wouldn't have been born. And it wouldn't be out there in the world. So, of course, you need a vehicle that will share it to the rest of the world. And Hay House has been that vehicle. So I am grateful, exactly as you say. It is it is a beautiful thing to give birth to a book. It really is.
1: <laughs> but, you know, the one thing I don't know that a, a, a lot of People think, oh, you write a book, fame and fortune and everything, and here's your private jet. (laughs) It's
2: not quite like that, is it? (laughs) No. No, it's not. Actually, not at all. It's all about understanding what it is you want to do with the book. For me, it was to change the way people saw themselves so that we could change the world one person at a time. Because I do feel that what we believe about this world is what we perceive in it. So if I could change a few lives with this book, that would be enough for me. So the private jets, yeah. well, that's bonus if there is something like that. But just, <laughs> just being able to change someone's life, just being able to... Yeah. And I I know that I'm doing this with my book because I have so many people... Telling me how much it has changed their way of see, looking at themselves and at, at the world around them. So I am just, I feel gratitude every single day. Every time I pick up my book, I feel gratitude because I know that it is making a change. And that is all it's all about. Truly, it is. I know that you've done the same thing with your book. You wanted to change something. And we, we are changing something. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm totally joking with the, with the whole thing
2: private jet thing, because
1: I, (laughs) I, it's just just my sense of goofy sense of humor, making fun of, you know, people, you know, my reason for, for mine was to, um, you know, t- tell my dad's story to help connect with stroke t- survivors to help people feel mm. like if they were in pain, you know, they could cope and do little things that mm. grounded them back mm. in gratitude instead of pain, and you know, all those things. So, just mm. you know, a life, even a life changed or a smile or just anything, that's mm. that's my point too. So, um, I yeah. I think yesterday we were talking about that, and um, yeah. and I just think it's a it's a really it's a really amazing opportunity. Um, It gets a little heavy sometimes for me because it's an awful, sometimes it feels like an awful big responsibility as well. Um, And I don't mean awful in the sense of like, Oh, yuck. I mean like a, like a tremendous, tremendous is probably a better word, a tremendous responsibility um, to, to be, you know, to touch lives. You want to touch people in the right Uh, way.
2: (laughs) Yes, exactly. But, yeah, absolutely. Positive. I feel like yes, exactly, to make them to get them to connect to their highest self. That was one go. of my goals was was this. Yes, exactly to help people connect to their highest self anytime they needed. So, when this book actually just before it was published, I flipped through it and I looked in it and I thought, this is actually, this is going to work as an oracle for people. They're going to be able to just jump into this book anywhere they like and heighten their frequency on demand. And it felt, I, I really felt grateful because I didn't plan it when I started writing it. I didn't plan it to become that kind of a book. I just wrote it because I felt that I needed to make a change. And I know it sounds very, very uh, um, big to change the world with a book, but I felt like I need to write this because I truly want to change the world. And how do you change the world? Well, you change the world one person at a time because we are co-creators of this world. And if I can change your view of yourself, where you connect to the best you, then I have changed the world through you and also through myself. So it it felt easier than I thought it was from the beginning. I was thinking, how do I change the world? Because There is a reason why I wanted to change the world, and it sounds so big when I say it, but it didn't sound like that in my head. I wanted to change (laughs) something in the world because as you, I have a child or I have a son. He's no longer a child, but when I started writing this book, he was more of a child to me. When he was born, I felt that I needed to do something to make this world a better place than it was when I was born into it. And I didn't know how to do this, but I knew that that was some kind of a mission I had for myself, to change something. I can't leave it in a worse, worse, worse shape than it was when I was entered it. So I feel like this book is a way for me to do that, to change something out there into something better. And it was important mm-hmm. to me because it wasn't just for me. It was more for him because he was... When I'm gone, he's still here, and I wanted to change it. So how do you change a world? Well, if you acknowledge that we are all co-creators of this world, you need to change one person at a time. It's about our beliefs. What do we believe about ourselves? And it's also what I do on Twitter each and every day. I put out tweets and thoughts that are They are meant to heighten your frequency, to connect you to your highest self, to connect you to your truth, to remind you of who you truly are. And that's what I'm doing Mm 24-7 every single day. I feel like there is a need for thoughts that will connect you back to your true self because society out there is showing us a very negative image of the world. And I don't think that that is the truth. That is only how we perceive it at this moment. So for me, it's important to get back to basics, to remember who you are, to remember that you are unconditional love. That is your source. And that's the basic. That's where you operate from. Never forget that. So my entire account on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, also the book is all about connecting to that unconditionally loving source within each and every one of us and doing that all the time so that you will start perceiving this world in a different way and start co-creating a different world. It might take time. I know that, but it's worth trying. So
1: a lot of our audience is younger. And a lot of them are new to self-help, personal development, um, maybe forming values, beliefs, goals, dreams, you know, all of those things. And to somebody um, listening, they might be like, wow, that is profound. Where I hear you, I acknowledge you, where do I start with all of this? What's What's the point at which you start to
2: learn some of your concepts and so forth. Where do, you, where do you think people should start? I think here and now, that is where they should start in the now moment, realizing that everything is, there is nothing outside of this now moment. Literally, there is nothing outside of this now moment. Everything outside of the now moment are either memory. Or some kind of anticipation of the future. So it they have they are not real. The only real thing is this now moment. I mean, we have anxiety when we think about the future all the time, or we feel depression when we think about what has happened in our lives. But the only place where you, the real you, actually are, is in the now moment. There is nothing else. So you're the you're the portal, you're the gate for all the other thoughts into this now moment. And realizing this, there is so much power in realizing this. I know that younger your younger audience might think it's very tough to do this, but I think that with age you get to focus yourself in the now moment easier. So it gets easier as you get older. It does.
1: I have a saying. It's um, stop wishing for it and start working for it. Meaning, like the actions mm-hmm. that go with it, kind of like what you're saying. In your moments, really matter. Your now matters. You, you know these moments. You know they shape what you do, sort of moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you do you believe in actions? Do you believe in manifesting, thinking actions? How? What's your take on all that? With the and action.
2: <laughs> well, I think that when you are present in the now moment and when you are not listening to the negative voice within us, when you are allowing that true unconditional and loving source through you, your actions will guide you in the right direction. I think that the problem with many young people today is that they are listening to the negative voice in their head. I mean, Sometimes when you listen to the voice in your head, you wouldn't say those things to a friend, but you're saying them to yourself and to stop in that moment and say, why am I saying this to myself? Why am I mean to myself? Why am I not kind to myself? And I think that we're conditioned by society to believe that the negative is more real than the positive in this reality. And I think... When you can stop yourself in the now moment and listen to your thoughts, because we all do have both positive and negative thoughts in our head all the time. It's like a, it's like a monologue going on there. The power is in understanding that you can choose what you want to listen to or not listen to. It's up to you. There is a, there is a power in the silence realizing that you're the stillness listening to the voices. You're the stillness seeing the movement around you. You're none of it. You're just the stillness choosing what you want to listen to and not, what you want to act upon and not. Just giving yourself that time, that makes an enormous difference in our lives, an enormous difference. I'm not talking about hours. I'm talking about split seconds in our mm-hmm. head, giving our tel- ourselves the time to listen or to just stay calm and say, no, I don't want that thought, I want this thought instead. Understanding that you are the one choosing the thoughts, just understanding that makes an enormous difference. And I think that a lot of our young people do not understand that, they don't know that because they're not educated in it. Nobody tells them this, they just act upon the thought that is in the head not knowing that there are alternatives, there are choices, because as souls, we are here to make the choices. We live in a world of polarity where there is an equal amount of minuses as there is of pluses in everything. And our job is to make the choices, to see something that is negative is just information of what you are not, So you can choose to say no. I don't want that. I want this instead, and the universe Mm. always listens. It will connect to that frequency and give you the reality that your frequency is asking for. So we were talking yesterday. I love the way you talk. By the
1: way, you're just so beautiful. Oh, (laughs) thank you. It sounds like my Twitter account. I know. (laughs) I just love you. like I said, I'm so glad I got to see you because it it all, it, it just all makes sense. And I just, I love you. And, and yeah, anyway. Oh. All right. So yesterday when we were talking, <laughs> <laughs> um you know, I shared with you that, you know, a lot of my life I felt like a little bit of a misfit. I don't yeah. very often do what the crowd does. I do turn off the TV. I may not do what's, you know, the most popular trend. Um, I feel a little bit mm-hmm. out there sometimes and maybe a little more, more quiet, maybe a little bit more sensitive, slow, like slowed mm-hmm. down intentionally, mm-hmm. um, introspective, shy. The reality of me when you throw mm-hmm. me in a crowd is I'm quite shy. Um, mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit to this crowd of people who feels this way because we're out there. I hear you. You're with me. I know it. And I know some Mm. of you who've shared it with me and I know you're listening. Mm. Um, Let's, let's hear your thoughts on that. I know it's a little bit in your book too.
2: I know Mm. you feel this way sometimes. (laughs) Yes. I mean, fitting in is not always, um, is not always going to show you who you truly are. And I think Mm -hmm. that there is a pressure in society that we're all supposed to fit in, we're all supposed to be in a certain way, but what if you're not like that? I mean, I remember myself as a child, actually in kindergarten, I remember myself like a very lonely, detached, An observing child because I could not figure out what the other children were doing. I was feeling very much detached from it. And I think that there is, our society presents us with um, situations where a lot of us feel that way because it feels awkward. As a woman, for instance, I feel like there is a lot of. Masculine energy going on The masculine principle in the western world Is ruling And as a woman Fueled by the feminine principle I feel like I'm an outsider I cannot fit myself into this Unless I become As the outer reality Asks me to be And I feel like I'm a rebel from within I cannot do that So I just stay in my own zone and observe it instead so of course i think we all feel like misfits if we are conscious of who we are because every single one of us is a unique perspective in this reality see there is no chance that you can fit in somewhere unless you put on a mask and i think that a lot of us are doing that we're putting on masks in order to fit in and that costs Soul time in this reality we are paying with our soul every time we're doing it and it's painful so we don't want to do it That's why we feel like misfits. but I don't feel I don't think that that's a negative thing I think that I feel more. I don't feel like a misfit anymore I just feel like I'm an observer I feel outside and I can observe and then I I can interact whenever I want But I can also detach whenever I want and there's power in that too that's a good point.
1: Yeah, it's it's uh made. I've learned to be a little more self-confident, um, mm-hmm. in that regard, like more sure of myself. For I'll just give an example. Like since I was mm-hmm. in high school, whatever, whenever everybody started drinking, I am a non-drinker. Mm-hmm. I can I can count on one hand the drinks I've had in my life. You know, I'm just you mm-hmm. know I'll maybe have a sip of wine here or there, but. Um, I'm somebody who pretty much has always had um, immune system problems and I have terrible food allergies now as an adult and so forth. So drinking just, Mm. it literally kind of makes me sick and boy, does that make you not in the crowd?
2: Yeah. Well, you know something I've realized that the more I know, (laughs) yes, the more I know who I truly am, the lonelier it gets. It really does. I mean, the more I know who I truly am, the less I can share with others who I truly am. Only a very, very small amount of people can I share my true self with because they need to be of the same frequency as I to see who I truly am. And that mm. is when we are when we are in our teens, we don't get that. We want to fit in and it hurts because... I mean, if you don't like to drink, you need to force yourself to drink in order to fit in. And, and you're paying with your soul. And every time you do that, you feel pain within. And this pain is actually a warning signal. It is telling you you're deviating from who you truly are. You're deviating from your highest frequency. That is why you're having this pain. So... If you are a strong one, you will listen to it and you will say, no, I won't drink or I won't do that just because everyone else is doing it because it goes against my non-negotiable truths within me. So you will detach from it and you will feel lonely. But it doesn't mean that that is wrong. It just means that you are very, very true to yourself. And I, I know, I think that we're defining this loneliness. I've, I've been lonely all my life before i met my husband me literally i've been lonely all my life and that's not a bad thing because it gave it gave me time to think to figure out who am i what am i doing here why am i here sometimes being lonely is not a negative thing you do not need to belong to a crowd all the time and do as everyone else because you will be paying with your soul for that somewhere on the along the line
1: I, I I'm writing that down and posting it on my mirror and everything. I, I paying with your soul. Yeah, when you go against mm-hmm. when you go against what you think, you definitely do that soul time. Yeah, amen. There. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs>
2: do I usually okay, talk? So, I I usually yeah. I just want to say this. I usually talk about non negotiable truth with my clients. Yeah. For instance, I I ask them to go through their all, their non negotiable truth. And when I look back at it, most of the people I've talked to, the non-negotiable truths are actually about freedom and authenticity. Oh. When, you, when you feel that you're not authentic or when you are doing something with your freedom, that is when you're going against your non-negotiable truth. And I think that when we do that, that is when the soul sets in and starts these bells of, Alarm, alarm, you're deviating from your soul source. Stop doing this. This is going to cause you pain in the end. And we start feeling that in our teens. And if we were not listening to that bell ringing or the alarm clock ringing, we feel drained in our 40s later on. So it's about listening to that soul speaking to you, telling you that don't go there, it's going to cause you emotional, physical pain so stop doing that start figuring out who am I and what do I want in this reality don't want you don't need to fit in you need to find out who you are
1: mm. yeah yes,
2: yes you do <laughs> so on that note
1: <laughs> Yes, I love this show um <laughs> on that note when you when yeah. you do what you're saying to do and you have your non-negotiable truths, something beautiful pops up called synchronicity and yes, yes yours that's your word, not mine um it's in yeah. your book and so forth and yeah. and I know you love yeah. to talk about synchronicity, and I wanted to add um and have you teach us in in your thinking what's the difference between that and serendipity.
2: Mm. Yeah, well, actually, I thought a lot about that because we were talking a little bit about that. And to me, synchronicity is the pattern. It is the underlying pattern of the universe. Synchronicity makes everything pop up in the right place in time and space. I think that serendipity is all about positive synchronicity or positive perpetuated synchronicity. And it is very strongly connected to the frequency that you have. So if you are a person that thinks that things are going to work out well, well, then you're tapped into the positive synchronicity of the universe. And serendipity becomes your way of exploring (laughs) this reality. Everything comes into your reality with joy and you can feel it. On the other hand, if your way of exploring this reality is about dodging fear or you are in a negative place, you will have a negative spin on synchronicity, which will lead you to something else. And serendipity is not in your not in space, so to speak. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I think it's just a play with words. Serendipity to me is the same thing as positive synchronicity or positively perpetuated synchronicity and it's literally all about how you perceive your reality and how you are interpreting things that come to you i had a way of interpreting reality in my childhood and in my early adulthood that was based on fear because i come from a family that was dysfunctional and for me joy was to dodge fear (laughs) <laughs> if I didn't feel yeah. fear then like I would enjoy there.: yeah. yes I know that and I understood later on in my life that life isn't about dodging fear life is about actively seeking joy and those mm-hmm. two are different perspectives and realities so if you're, if you're dodging fear then you are literally having a negative spin on synchronicity will, which will give you more fear to dodge in reality. Yeah. So there's always going to be something fearful and you're dodging and you feel joy because you dodged fear. But it's a different thing to actively seek joy in your reality. And I learned that when I met my husband. I, I, I literally learned that when I was in my 20s that, oh my God, I need to stop dodging fear and I need to start actively seeking out joy. That is when serendipity becomes a part of your life so to speak. Hmm. How long have you
1: been married? And are we allowed to say his name on air? Cause he's, he seems very, just a very big part of, of your world. And he seems like such a
2: great person. Yeah. His name is Gregor and he's okay with that. <laughs> and he has <laughs> okay. been a very, very, he has been a very, very big part of my life. Um, I met him when I was 19 and, uh, my life changed literally when I met him because we. I saw in him possibilities in this world because where I came from, there was always problems to solve. There was always obstacles. There was always something. I was always in a negative space. I can't even describe why because I, I think that it had to do with my father and his way of... Um, and his way of being a parent, because I know that he didn't know better. But when I was in that space, I felt that life was not great. Life was actually horrible. And I, there was a time when I felt like, I don't know if I really want to explore this physical life. Maybe I want to leave it because it's not what I want. And it was all connected to the way my family um, solved problems And looked at reality And I, I felt like a misfit there <laughs> If you want to talk about misfits yeah. I was a misfit in my family Total misfit in my family And then I met, then I met my husband And he was like a light In my life He didn't see any problems at all His life was just Okay let's do this This is fun Let's do that That's fun And it was It was new to me to do it that way. It was literally about, as I say, for me, it was dodging fear. And when I met him, I realized that life is about seeking joy. And this is a birthright. It is a birthright to seek, actively seek your joy. It is not a birthright to dodge fear. And I sense that a lot of people in our reality actually live by the premise of dodging fear all the time and feeling that every time you dodge fear, you're happy. And this is what my, my husband kind of showed me, not with words, but with actions and how he lived his life, that life is not about dodging fear. It's about seeking joy. Also, I remember when I met him, I thought that my purpose here on life was to become more spiritual. And looking at him, and he was... He loved drinking wine, and he loves eating food, and he loves traveling. He loves, loves exploring this reality. And I look at him, and I think, maybe he knows something that I didn't know. <laughs> because <laughs> why would I be in this physical reality? Why would my soul enter this, uh, this suit of skin and muscles unless it wanted to explore something in the physical reality? So exploring tastes and feeling and smelling and touching things, that is what my soul wants to explore in this reality. That is the purpose of me being in this reality. So detaching from this body, becoming more spiritual, is actually missing the goal, what my soul actually wants to explore in this reality. It wants to explore the physicality of this reality. So my job here is to find things that will give me joy in this reality by eating something, smelling something, touching something, being nature, being in awe by the sky or whatever it is in this physical reality, enjoying the physicality of this reality. That is what I'm doing here. and I feel like my husband actually brought me into that path of exploring the physical reality as a spiritual thing
1: yeah i our husbands should meet yeah my
2: i met mine in in my 20s
1: also we've been married for a really long time and he said "Kazen, yeah. gradual positive change you know that kind of thing and i'm like i have no idea what yeah. you're talking about <laughs> you know kind of thing and 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 now you got yes. the book on how to make a change. <laughs> so it's, it's exactly. really interesting
2: how it all yeah. how it all works, isn't it? Yeah. Um Yeah, it is. It is. And how you find your soulmate amongst everybody else here, you find them. I remember when I saw my husband the first time, I saw him literally in a doorway and I thought, oh, there he is And why would <laughs> you say something like that? unless there is a soul purpose in this, unless there is a soul yeah. connection, because I didn't know who he was. I just felt like oh, there he is. So nope. I think we're, we're, we connect to our soulmates in a very, very specific way.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: It's, it's amazing. So, well,
1: thank, we uh, our lucky stars for, for the wonderful men in our lives. Cause they, they matter mm-hmm. a lot. And I've got, I know bet, between us, I was, I was trying to do the math, I, my writing self, <laughs> my son is stuck in summer uh, calculus, so I'm like, add this up, <laughs> there's five uh, men on my end, and two on yours, that, that in my land is seven, that's a lot of souls, uh, Um and, yeah. and so forth, and they're, they're good uh, human uh, beings, so I was talking to you, I call mine adults because they're, uh, they're, you know, in their, tw- you know, rapidly approaching their 20s, we've got two teenagers still, but um, uh, it's there's a, there's a responsibility there too. Um, mm. And where I'm going with this is um, what have, what have, kind of messages has your son been brought up? I know my kids, eye roll at my hashtag gratitude that's been in the refrigerator for years and years, but I'm curious mm. in your household, what kinds of um, messages that you've been
2: sure to teach to your child? Um, I want, I've always wanted him to know that regardless of what others think of him, he is magnificent. He is beautiful. He's curious. He's loving. This is his soul source and he needs to be connected to that all the time. It doesn't matter what others, other people think. What matters is what he feels from within and that is always under his control.
1: We've always wanted advice. him
2: to... Yes, I know, because it's, it's all about... I mean, our children are so affected of, of what others think of them all the time mm-hmm. and what actually truly means or what is important is what they think of, of themselves. And being able to connect to the beauty within him all the time Every single time, that is what I want him to know. It's hard sometimes because you know, teenagers—they don't listen to you, they don't hear you. <laughs> really? But I want. Yes, but I, I know that this is an important message for him to carry in his heart, and when he's ready for it, he will pick it up and use it in his world. For me, it's really important to understand that each and every one of us, every single one of us is a beautiful soul born here with a curious mind and a loving heart. Everything Mm. else is conditioned. It is a conditioned illusion. So seeing that in everyone and seeing that within him is very important to me. And I think that is the message that, that we have been trying to convey to him in every single way we can. And I hope that it has roots in him and that it will help him on his way in his life and only time can tell but that's the message i feel that that is the most important message to understand that each and every one of us when you look at a child you see how curious and loving and and fun that child is each and every one of us is that from the beginning and then society brings Things into our life and we start thinking in different ways and, and, and there are veils of forgetfulness from that and, and illusions that we tap into but if each and every one of us could remember our value when we were born that would change the world literally it would change the world yeah
1: can I add one? can I add a little and maybe discuss it a little bit Absolutely. too? Cause of course I of course. love yes. what you I love what you just said. Cause that is, that is beautiful. And it got me thinking um, about kindness because one of the things that we've taught our, our boys is basically, you know, and it could go longer here, but basically be kind to, to all you meet and really under the yeah. premise of, you have no idea what's going on just by face, you know, face value looking at someone you have no idea what they're going through, what they're thinking, what they're feeling, if they're grieving, happy sad whatever it is and also to really stop slow down especially in middle school high school elementary school and look at the kids Mm. who are by themselves um Mm. and sit by them talk to them engage them um all of that you know just really slow down and pay attention and um we like a, a couple of our kids um, went through the schools as non-drinkers also, um, non, uh-huh. no drugs, drinking, smoking, you know, that kind of thing. And um, they, and, and athletes and they uh-huh. um, prevented bullying. Yeah. And they didn't get bullied. Uh-huh. People respected it, you know, cause they knew, you know, but they, they prevented bullying on a variety of levels by sitting with the people who were alone and stuff. So it just makes me so proud. Um, mm. And I I hope that always continues throughout their lives because I, f- I feel like we put pe- four people on the planet who really care about other
2: people. Yeah, and that is so important to do. I mean, I, I remember as a child, I, w- I loved reading comics, so I thought mm. that I had this superpower where I could, if I saw someone that was lonely or that, didn't know who they actually were or felt sad i could sit by them and with my light with my consciousness mm-hmm. and with my light i would kind of shine on their own personality and on their own source so they could see who they truly were, who they truly were just for a split second if they could who they truly were, they would never, ever be sad and lonely again. And I thought that was a superpower, so I did that with children in my classroom. <laughs> I, when I saw that yep. someone was alone, I could sit with them and just sit there by their side and help help them get through this. And I know that a lot of children are doing this, but a lot of children are getting bullied and it affects them for the rest of their lives because they don't know how to connect to their inner light and they don't believe in themselves because others tell them that they're not worthy. And it's such a good thing that there are children helping other children doing that. I think, I feel, actually I feel that there is a lot more awareness going on right now. I feel like when I was a child, it wasn't like this. When I look at it today, I feel like there is more awareness, and the children that are born today are actually more emotionally intelligent than they were 50 years ago. So there is some kind of evolvement going on. But I hope that it, um, I hope that it continues, and that
1: yeah.
2: every single child will feel safe on the earth. Sometimes. Yeah.
1: Have you ever been the one alone at the table? in the lunchroom or whatever. Have you ever been? Yeah. So have I. And I, I, somebody sat right next to me and they're like, I've got you. And I'm like, Oh, thank goodness.
2: (laughs) And you know, (laughs) you get yourself. (laughs) Yes. And when there's no one there, you know what you do, you pick up a book, you read something, you talk to yourself, be kind to yourself. It's okay. (laughs) I felt that a million times and I felt I felt comfort, a comfort in reading other people, people's thoughts and in, in just my own thoughts. So it doesn't always have to be a negative thing when you're alone. I actually felt that there were good times when I were alone. Most of the best thoughts I had, I had in a conversation between me and the universe, even when I was a child. So I don't think it's a bad thing to be alone. But, of course, you need friends all the time. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, okay, so with three minutes left, uh, I can't believe how Yay. fast that went. Um, <gasps> yeah. What did I know? What did I, what haven't I asked you that, you know, we can open up that can of worms in three minutes left and you can, you know, <laughs> we can run over on time a little bit. Um, no, for real, like, what haven't I asked you that I that I missed? Anything that you
2: want to talk about? Um, oh my goodness! I don't yeah. know actually. Uh, I think we 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 said a lot of things here. Yeah. Do, would you mind maybe uh, yeah.
1: picking it? Can I pick another number and close out with your reading oh, from yes. your book? Would that work? Of course. Um, yes. Yes. What were yes, my? Yes.
2: I I don't have it in front of me. Um. If, for the choices, how about one like one and one and two hundred and thirty one? How about one fourteen? I lot of one and that. 42. Oh, I got it.
1: Yeah, well, you're yes. looking for that too. You know, that was so cool. Um your birthday is 1111 11, like at 1 yes. in, you know, what is your birth like that's it's all one. Yes, it's
2: 1111 11 at 1111 11 at night. I was born <laughs> at that time. It's it's really mind-boggling, but it's all about As above so below because this is a snapshot of the universe 1111 is always a snapshot of the universe telling you that your thoughts affect your reality and what you think you receive so for me being born on that date is really mind-boggling and it, it, it has made an enormous impact in my life being born in that date because it's all about what I think I will create with my thoughts and that's what I do. I mean, I talk about this all the time. So being born on that date was actually crucial for me, and it, yeah. it, it was a beautiful thing. So well, our, this,
1: son, uh, Truth? Yeah, our son, our yeah, son was born. Yeah, his name's Quade, and I'm gonna have him listen to that because he was born at yeah. eleven eleven o one in room one at one. He's like all ones. And um, oh my god, yeah, it's one 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 o oh, one in room one at one. Oh like all across the
2: you know board something? ones, yeah. Yes, his his thoughts, the way he thinks, and the way um his beliefs are a perfect match of the universe, the way it is shown to him in the now moment. So he has to be very very aware of his own thoughts and his own beliefs, always questioning them if they are negative, and always using them if they're positive. That will. Okay, I'll tell him then. Take him very far, very far In life um, You wanted True thought number 114 Oh yeah Yes so I'll read it for yes, you please. Let's see here It says "Okay, We live in an abundant Universe with plenty For everyone yet most Of us feel a persistent Sense of lack Gratitude always Allows abundance the change you want is just one thought away. And that thought is always within you. That is the truth thought. Beautiful. Um, so
1: I think the call just dropped, which is all right. Um, Gordana Biernad was with us. If you want to call back in, you can. Um But uh, we're in record mode. I don't know if you want to finish up, um, but I'll close this out. I think the call just dropped. But so that was Gordana B. B. Arnott with us. And um, her website is mypowertalk.com. And on Twitter, she's at mypowertalk. Her book is Know the Truth, Why Knowing Who You Are Changes Everything, and her, the call kind of dropped there as she was reading from her book, PowerPoint number 114, and um, I love that point that point um, and her reading reading that to us and talking about abundance and gratitude and and all of that. So, um, Gordana, thank you so much for being with us. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to The Best Ever You Show. Uh, she's just... A beautiful soul, and she's one of Oprah's Super Soul 100 teachers. And I hope we've learned a lot. As I always say on the Best Ever You show, that when we have a guest on, we you know we're grassroots. We're the Best Ever You show, and we're BestEverYou.com. And I'm also an author with Hay House of the book Percolate: Let Your Best Self Filter Through. And everything's grassroots for us here. So when we have a guest on, we love it when you listen, share the show, connect with. Um, the speaker or whoever was here, the author, buy their book, listen to their website, their, you know, go to their website, listen to, you know, their their radio shows and so forth. And so it matters um, a lot to all of us. And we thank you so much for your continued support as Best Ever You enters our 10th season in the fall. It's wild, um, but we couldn't do it without all of you. So thank you. And to everybody, we have a great day. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and thanks for listening to the Best Ever You Show. Have a great day.
0: Thanks for listening to the Best Ever You Show. Want more? Visit us at besteveryou.com. Be your best and keep it real. Confident, successful, caring, and beautiful every day with Best Ever You. 18 plus.